Hello, Penny Pals, and welcome to Penny Pals Podcast, Episode 12. Pedro and Idol sitting in a tree. I am your host, Pure Evil, and this time we have two segments for you. Up first, Pedro, the Agro Craig, Frostbite, and myself discuss the highs and lows, ups and downs, what went right and what went wrong with the Killer Instinct Pin Ultimate Edition. After that, we will have a discussion all about what happened at PAX East. Please make sure you stay through to the end when we have a very special contest for you. Okay, so to talk about um, the Killer Instinct Pin Ultimate Edition... I think the first thing is to talk about the the actual physical product, which was the aim of them doing this. And the the folio itself is gorgeous. Uh, I mean, I've got it in front of me, and it's well put together. They've thought about it for uh, display and storage, because not only this third flap, as you open it out, um, when it folds around the back, helps stand it up. But then if you actually fold it back in in the middle, it stops the faces of the pins rubbing against each other. Um, it's magnetized. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've never actually gorgeous. seen it. What's it made out of? Um, mostly card. Uh, it's some, glossy. Yeah. There's some foam in there for the pins so that it's thick and you're not just going to pierce through and have pins sticking out of the front and the back of it. Um, but it is, yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. The artwork is great, and yeah, this is how they should be done. And it makes me sad that we'll never see another one. Well, we'll see. (laughs) The only thing that third flap makes difficult is if you want to frame it. That could be a challenge. Other than that, it's, yeah. Although, even at the thickest part, it's still only, what, an inch at the most, so you can probably get it into a a fairly deep shadow box, provided you've not got um, <laughs> That's what she said. a face card. Quiet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the idea of it, you know, for a digital game, but you still have people with physical products that can put it on a shelf and look at it and, you know, think about the things they've done. That is a good idea, and I definitely support that. Physical um, achievements. Yes. And, of course, the pins themselves are gorgeous. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of positives about what they did here. It's just a shame that we're going to be focusing on quite a few negatives, but it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't bitch about stuff, right? Damn right. So, really, the if we go chronologically, from the beginning, when we um, first found out about this, uh, it was a, a Friday in the forums. Most people are hanging around. It's early evening in Seattle. And someone comes online and posts, does anybody know about this? What the hell is going on? And it's a product in the Microsoft store that mentions Pinny Arcade pins that can uh, only be redeemed through challenges. And there's no real information. And so, of course, a lot of people start losing their fucking minds. Was anyone else online when this actually happened, or did they kind of wander into it over the weekend? Well, I was there because I distinctly remember the conversation that 
ensued afterwards that actually got Mike involved. And that's when we first heard him get kind of frustrated and say, nobody's going to collect all of them. You guys need to calm down. <laughs> and, uh, and many of us picked up that challenge, and we're still going strong, Mike. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the problem wasn't so much with, like, I can understand their idea of, well, no one's going to collect them all, calm down. It was more that the, just for, from my eyes, um, the logistics and the marketing of doing something like this, it didn't seem to be coordinated nearly as well as it could have been. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest problem initially was the uh, lack of information. All we, we had no information, so we were all speculating and sort of driving each other crazy. Yeah. And again, because it wasn't announced through any kind of, um, yeah. Typically, there's a press release and a, you know, some articles in the various places like Polygon, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, whatever, um, that would talk about this kind of thing. And instead, we found out through the sales blurb on the store, which I know was a very um, minimal posting. Yeah, it was clear that the whoever runs the store was told this product has to be up on this date so people can buy it and here's what it is. But they have to do that with hundreds and probably even thousands of products every month. And so it was given no more priority than anything else that goes up, whether it's a, a mouse or a $3,000 system. And at that point, those of us who were just like, Oh, another way to get pins. Cool. We go in, we buy it, and we're done. The people who were nervous kind of circle jerked themselves into a lather over it, and it was <laughs> not not the best way to spend a Friday. Yeah, I remember going on freaking out about it a little bit myself, because at the time I was not buying an Xbox One, and yeah. I was just... I was in. I was definitely interested in trying to get all the pins at the time, and it was very uh, disheartening to read something like that yeah. when you didn't really know how to get everything at the time. Because then I was like, "Oh shit, this just kind of killed this hobby I just got into." But here I am with everything, so whatever. Yeah, I mean the. I was this right after Prime Thirteen? It was a few months after. Okay, so yeah. Okay, I'm looking yeah. for the post now um, to try and. You know, relive the horror. I feel but like it was before the Xbox One launched, but I don't remember. No, it definitely was because that was the conversation. It was about well, if people started pre-ordering the Xbox just because of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just canceled my pre-order like not long before because I was getting the PS4. I had pre-ordered both, and I was like, I'll pick which one I want later. And I canceled the Xbox and kept the PS4, and I was like, ah, oh, regret. No. <laughs> you made the right decision. Oh, no, I definitely made the right decision. <laughs> <In hindsight. laughs> but it was just, I was in that pin mentality at the time. Yeah. It's, uh... Because we didn't know we could buy the pins, really, at that time, either. It was like, you have to be, you know, earn them online, or you can't get them, but then they end up obviously releasing them all for money, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I've just Almost found all. it now in the old... Um, community thread it's around 20 24 or so of what month 
No, page 24 of the old community. Oh, thread. page 24. Okay, okay. I thought you meant the 24th of the month. Yeah. Wow, page 24. That's crazy. Yeah. Amazing how we've grown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I found the um, the original write-up. And 24. Yeah, it's going to be... At the time, um, someone was saying, well, there's been, what, 75 pins that have been released or announced, and now Microsoft get 16. So that's like 15% of the total. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, at the time seems nuts, but now we're on, what, 300, and it's still those 16, plus whatever other Microsoft ones they've had for the last two years. So the, the number of them wasn't really the big concern. Uh, it was more that there was so much unknown at the time that people were so... They were worried that challenges were going to be something like win a national tournament to get a pin. Like that could have been absolutely horrendous, particularly when a lot of us were still trying to get everything. Yeah, stupid unknowns. I mean, the main concern was not so much after that Friday, but the, or rather, it was more that the, we had at the time, uh, Honest Hippo come into the thread and say that, you know, don't worry, we will release more information on Monday. And that did seem to calm down the hornet's nest that had been stirred up because they thought, well, okay, we'll know. And they were saying that, yeah, the the challenges are not going to be onerous. Um, I mean, after I spoke to him, I think this was in February, I got a chance to go to the Microsoft campus and talk with him for about an hour. Um, and he said, you know, we're not trying to intentionally withhold these from people. You know, we've had them made and we've paid for them and we want to get them into the hands of people. You know, and we're trying to do that by getting people engaged with the game. So that did help calm people down and, you know, they didn't expect challenges to be the kind of ridiculousness that some people proposed. Hey on that first Friday. <laughs> um, but then Monday came and the clarification was simply the Microsoft Store advert on a different part of the site, which didn't help. It, it was one, again, it was a marketing issue that if I had to guess what happened, it would be that he had said you know, we'll clarify everything Monday, and then when Monday rolled around, they realised, oh, we don't actually have that information yet, but we need <laughs> to put something up. And so someone went ahead and just copy-pasted it and said, well, hopefully that'll work. And um, no, it didn't. It wasn't panic at that point. I think that was the frustration. Anger. Yeah. I, I, would, anger. I would hope not anger, but certainly there was frustration because something had been promised and then failed to deliver. And with, yeah. with the, the launch... The torches weren't lit yeah. yet, but they were in hand. Having expectations for this um, and to see them go awry so early wasn't the best thing. I mean, I know that because this was the first pin edition and everyone was uh, still learning, you know, they had no real idea of 
how things were going to be implemented and so much of the back end which you assume is going to be automated wasn't in place at the time so they had no clue how to respond to certain questions and so a lot of the missteps you see aren't them not caring it's just they don't know and so they kind of screw things up which if everything else had been running smooth would have been forgivable but it was just kind of errors on top of errors on top of errors the sign up for example which uh, yeah terrible well in theory could have been a lot smoother had it been tied into the game earlier in production uh, because obviously everyone who buys the edition of the game gets a, a code which allows them to download the various unique features of that product. But just because you had that didn't mean you were automatically entered into the PIN competitions. Which was misleading for yeah. a lot of people, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, not so much on the PIN forums, but on the KI forums. Yeah, there's there were plenty way more people. Of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, way more KI players who were like, well, I bought this special edition, I expected to have this stuff, and mm -hmm. why do I not have it? And it's because they didn't know, you've got to go to this site, sign up, and allow us to trawl through your information so that we can give you stuff. It sounds ridiculous, but it was um, very much a privacy issue, that just because you've bought the game, they're not allowed to look at your profile information so they can give you free stuff. And I would say that for the future, that is one of the things that should be written in. I mean, it's a, a contractual legal thing. You know, you just write, by buying this, I give you permission to look at my profile for the express purpose of giving me all the freebies that come with it. You know, write that up into legalese as you need. Yeah, but hopefully if that happens again, well, if they do not really is again, it's all included and makes it way easier but yeah and again the the back end wasn't set up for this kind of thing so right it was very much a manual process like when you actually gave that email address to those people it was a human person having to match up that email address with your account so they could then go through and look uh, as time went on they were able to simplify that somewhat but yeah imagine being that person i i have sympathy for them there but at the same time i'm thinking well why didn't you implement something that's more connected being the first company to do this yeah they're gonna step in a lot of holes and it was so early in the pin like in life too yes i mean it was the first year and it just kind of came out which it sucks we haven't seen anything else like it since then but Maybe yeah. it's for the best. That's not true. I want another one. Yeah, and then of <clears> course <throat> the um, the first challenge was announced and people were scared and made nervous again because the challenge seemed quite difficult when you're dealing with... I mean, the fighting game community is small. Um, they've talked about this very recently um, with Robert Koo and Kiko um Marvel vs. Capcom 3, uh -huh. the, the fight community is small and getting smaller, um, but that simply means that there are a lot of hardcore players in it, 
So the idea that early on in the game's life, when everyone's still fairly low ranked, you have to go into ranked matches and win four in a row. Pray to God. Yeah. <laughs> I managed to do me. that on the final day of the deadline. And Ugh. I was hoping against hope that I was within the time frame. Because again, when they announced these, they set the day of the deadline, but they didn't set a time. And with no yeah. time, that means no time zone. So for in, we've got people in Australia, we've got people in the UK, in Europe, and there are four time zones in America. Plus you've got Hawaii and Alaska who do weird things. But, <laughs> yeah, four time zones just here. You need to clarify exactly when the cutoff is to the second. Because otherwise you'll have people who don't know. Yeah. And for a first challenge, having it be win four in a row, like there were many people who would come on and say, I've been playing the entire evening, the most I can get is two or three, because then someone comes in and just destroys me. And the ranked matchup tries to get you in with um, the same kind of skill level. But it never works. Well, yeah, because it's based on the ranking at that time, and people are so new, you've got mm -hmm. people who they're experts at fighting games, but they've just bought it. So they're the same rank as you. They devastate you, get the points and move up. But they're still only one rank higher. So it's likely you're going to see that kind of player again. And yeah. they will kill you again. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly made for um, a tense time getting that. And if they're looking to build community, they should have been more community-based <clears throat> Well, they try to do that by making it a free-to-play game, though. Yeah. And, you know, they gave you, what, one character at a time? Yeah, the rotating so whenever you saw, character. Whenever you saw Jago, you were like, oh, he's obviously a newbie character. Well, Or a newbie possibly. player. Not necessarily, but there yeah. was a, there's was a good, a good likelihood, yeah. Yeah. But so. the, the community building, for the challenges at least, I would have preferred them to be something like, you know, even if it's just a grind of play 50 ranked matches, that would have been better for those who are collectors rather than are game players because they're going to be around for ranked people to play against they're going to play for a long time so it's quite likely they will start learning things even if by accident mm -hmm. and so they might enjoy it just by putting the time in whereas trying to get four wins in a row for an early challenge is certainly um, difficult Yep. I mean, for community building, I'm always a fan of time spent rather than skill level. Because for those who are good at the game, it's easy. But for those who are not, when they lose, you know, not only have they lost, they've earned nothing. And that's time wasted, essentially. I mean, the, the next challenge was certainly um, a bit better. It was to record, well, in theory it was better. It was to record yourself, um, again in ranked, winning with a supreme victory. So all you needed was one good day, and you'd be alright. In theory. Because for those but... who don't know, supreme <laughs> victory is winning two rounds without losing a round. Because it's best of three. But you have to keep your green health bar. 
Yeah, you just need to win with more than half your health, essentially. And that was possible. Like, if you found someone who was disconnected or, you know, just not that good, and you've been practicing thanks Mm -hmm. to the four wins in a row, you've put some time in at least, (laughs) maybe you could do it. But the recording software was fucking atrocious. Yep. The number of times that I actually managed to get a supreme victory, told it to record, and because you set the recorder off before you start the match, you're recording every match, win or lose. Yeah. But then it tries to upload it to OneDrive, and there were just times when it was like, nope, can't do it. So you'd have to. I remember yelling on my TV, connect freaking out and everything. God, yeah. Yes, I remember you ranting about this one, Pedro. Yeah, I, I was not happy. Because I had of... to do it. I did the challenge twice because the first time I did it, it just didn't. It couldn't save. Yeah, and I was pissed off. And the worst part for me, again, it's the final day of the challenge. I'm trying to record it, and the bastard I'm playing against disconnects before it says supreme victory. <laughs> but I ultra him. He's dead. Everyone can see that I've won and I've got my yeah. health bar intact. But it doesn't say supreme, and I'm thinking, am I going to be discounted because of a technicality? Uh, uh, yeah. Fortunately, not. But yeah, that there was a, a tense moment there while I'm waiting to see if I'm going to actually get this one. Was the recording software oh. built into the Xbox OS? Yes. Or... yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'd be like Xbox record that, or I don't even know if that command works. Well, back, Xbox but... record that will give you the last thirty seconds, and they wanted the oh, full video. So you had, essentially, you've got to use the Xbox Snap to have it on the right-hand side. Tell it to record when you get into the ranked match, flick over to the main screen, win the match, go back to the tab and say save. It was a nightmare. And sometimes it just wouldn't fucking save. And it's like, oh, fuck Uh. That was a better challenge because it was certainly more achievable than the first, but the technical frustrations, um, again... If you're doing something with a new hardware platform, make sure it's robust enough to deal with that. Because I thought maybe it was the connection that I was on, but I wasn't the only person who suffered from this. And it turns out it was a lot of um, back-end issues at Microsoft. So, yeah. Ensure your infrastructure is robust to deal with this kind of thing. Uh, the March challenge was certainly easier. Uh, defeat little... seven different characters online in ranked or exhibition. However, you had to do it all with the same character, which was not stated. Yeah, the, the wording was not great, but eventually which we, made it we figured that out. But the good thing was it was exhibition. So you could actually team up with friends. Yeah, which I did. Trust if me. you could get the friends list to fucking work and get people <laughs> in. Yep. <laughs> At Which, every step, the uh, problem is never so much the technicalities of the game as the back-end infrastructure. It's amazing, because the 360 had such a good, like, friend infrastructure and everything. Yeah. I think on the Xbox One, it was just awful with this game. Somehow, it was just five yeah. steps back. I mean, you ha- I had to help several people through their network settings to yeah. ensure that they could join a game. We could talk through the fucking headset. Yep. So it's not like there was zero connectivity available, but they couldn't connect 
in an exhibition match unless they ensured that they had a open nat. I think you helped me with this challenge, like, towards the end, yeah. if I recall. But... Yeah, so, again, not a problem with the challenge, just the back end. And yep. you need... Ensure that the kinks are worked out. I know that because it's, you know, the people who are running this are Killer Instinct people, not Microsoft technical people that can directly address this, but certainly have words with them. Look for these kind of problems. And because they were constantly working on it and working the bugs out, I think if the challenges had been in a different order, we would have seen fewer of these problems because they would have fixed them before we knew about them. Um, the PAX East only one. Obviously the this April, was a good one. Yeah, April. Find the Microsoft booth, go up and play against uh, Dave McCrate. When he was available. Yes. Which we, I think they tweeted out when he was there. Yeah, I mean, they did have um, other people doing it as they saw the line grew. But, um, yeah, in the beginning, they had it that it was this one person, and they woefully underestimate the number of people who were willing to stand in line to get something free. Uh, <laughs> as soon as they opened a second <laughs> station, and then a third on the final day, it moved a hell of a lot quicker. Well, if you recall, they also, uh, in print, they said that a second way to get it was to enter the Turtle Beach uh, tournament. Yes. And um, that's how I plan on getting mine, and I entered it. And I was part of that first group who, after we completed it, the rep over there said, what pin? We don't know what you're talking about. We've never heard anything about a pin. Uh-huh. So we, we had to go back to Microsoft and have their PR people talk to the other people. It was a mess. Uh, in the end, they gave us the pin, but it took about half a day of negotiations to get them. Yeah. I mean, that was... Uh, so you were better off just standing in line. Yes. No. That line was pretty brutal. Every time I stood in it, it didn't move for 10 minutes, and then I went but and But they originally else. said that you had to beat him to get the pin. If I recall, but... The tournament. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of the and third day, he, he looked like he never wanted to touch that game again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, originally it was you had to beat him, but they softened that to simply try and beat him. So, essentially, just turn up and play and you'll get it. As for yep. the tournament, um, again, credit to the KI people. When they heard about the issues, they went over, talked, and, as far as I'm aware, resolved them. Um, it was simply the people running the tournament and the people that had been told about handing the pin out weren't the same people. That's correct. Right. So as soon as that was cleared up, everything was fine. Um, the downside of this being obviously a PAX East only challenge, those who can't travel to PAX East or get tickets can't get it. And I would say if you're ever going to do something like this, a challenge where turn up at PAX, turn up at, you know, if, like if League of Legends do one and they say turn up at the live finals or whatever, have an alternate way for people that can't travel to get it. Spend well, dollars. There you go. I mean, to be fair, they, <laughs> Which, eventually, yeah. they did put it up on sucked. the site. That's yeah. sucked that they did that. But, but uh, this was yeah. meant to be a challenge pin, which you can get for free if you play. Oh, yeah. So give them a way to play. Maybe the, you know they tune into the live stream and say something. Or yeah. <laughs> There are a few but ways was... that they could have done it. 
I think this is when it started to go downhill, though. The challenges when uh, uh, was this after Double Helix got bought by Amazon? Yeah, and they moved to was it Iron Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so there were obviously some kinks, and I think at this time they were just kind of like, "Well, we need to get rid of these pins somehow." Yeah. Well, this is at the time when Honest Hippo, Dan Tavares, moved from um, the community spot. He, he was community guy for KI, and he mm-hmm. moved to a different product, and that's why Dave was the person who was at PAX East. Right, because I, I remember Dan was supposed to be there he's originally. Yeah, and then they changed um, how they announced the challenges and how essentially how they did pretty much every damn thing, which had slowly settled between January and April. Yeah. And then for the final three, changed again, and that's never a good idea. If you nope. are, if you're going to announce challenges like this, and Keep you want to change, yeah. Well, if you want to change your platform, suck it up and announce on both. Don't change. Adding is fine. Subtracting isn't, mm-hmm. because there are people who will only check a specific way, and when they miss out, and plenty of people did miss out, they are not going to be pleased. Yep, I know that feel. Yeah, because this is when we came to the May challenge where you get um, Orchid and Firecat as the challenge Ugh. pin, and defeat Idol twice in Classic. I mean, this was brutal. This was a super easy challenge. Oh, she had the, the slightest. Shut up. <laughs> this was the hardest challenge that they had in the entire yep. thing. I um, could not do it. Idol's cheese as fuck. Because every time he manages to knock you on your back, he heals for about a third of his health bar. And the only way you can reliably defeat him is to find the one move which you can constantly perform without him countering. The Hadoken equivalent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was a nightmare. Yep. Um, you had to use two different characters. Yeah. God. Shut up. Shut up. The first character I did it with, I believe, was Orchid because she was she's my main on Ki. I mean, to mm-hmm. this day, I I prefer stringing her combos together to anyone else because I just find kick combos work for me. Um, even when I played Tekken, yeah, kick combos all the way. Um, but once I finished with Orchid. I was so frustrated with this challenge that I had to walk away for an entire day <laughs> before I could come back and try it again. Uh, I don't know if it was the arcade itself used to be that brutal, but it was certainly horrendous on the Xbox. I never played Killer Instinct before the Xbox One version, so that the classic arcade one was new to me. I just never played arcade games, or fighting arcade games, really. So well, I did, but not that one. Again, I grew up in a tiny part of England, which, yeah, we had Narc, yeah, the one arcade. Golden Axe, and Street Fighter 2. That was it. Yeah. And that was it for, like, a decade. In fact, they're Damn. probably still there. If I go back now, they'll be in a dusty <laughs> corner somewhere. And there's Pedro's score still on the top ten list. No doubt. Well, yeah. Rare is located right there in, yeah. in England. That, so. that idol was simply brutal. Um, 
yeah. Difficulty-wise, uh, I can safely say that something that difficult, yeah, it, it's about where it should be this late in the game. If people have had the penultimate edition for five months, they can probably get to it. Um, but maybe warn them first that, you know, Classic is going to be a lot more difficult because the AI is just ridiculous. Unforgiving. Oh, God, yeah. Now, June we had um, Spinal with the Shield as the challenge pin. And this yeah. challenge was um, more of a time sync one, which I'm always going to prefer because it's perform 50 combo breakers in an online mode. So again, you if you want to get together with your friends and just beat the crap out of each other for 8 to 10 hours, have at it. Um, that, that's certainly what I did, and I know several others as well. They would but organize they didn't announce evenings. this one. They didn't yeah. really announce this one properly. This was the problem. Yeah, the, the announcement I will come to in a second. But for, for what the challenge itself was, that is the model that I would suggest should be done for all pin edition games. We were able to organize just a group of us on the forums, and every evening we'd jump in together, knock See, things now out. Now, I gotta, I gotta jump in because I was on the forums like all the time in this thread, and I don't recall this being talked about at all, and people missed it. That, that's because you probably weren't looking in the right place. Again, for those who were seeking out these challenges, um, even that was hard to find, and we, we did make efforts to announce them in the community. Th which again, the community thread during June when everything's ramping up for Prime, was fast-moving. So I have no doubt it got buried in there. Possibly. And with the delay in editing the podcasts, yeah, announcing it on there would have been after deadline. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm just bitter about it still. Well, we'll come back to that <laughs> in a second. Yeah. But yeah. A groups of us jumping in, spending an evening playing the game, I'm fairly certain that is what they wanted. And this is the kind of challenge that does that. If you're able to, you know, it doesn't matter about your ranking. You get to play with your friends, add other people to your friends list, because the more you've got online, the better. You know, you can go into the KI forums and find people to play against who aren't complete dicks. That's great. I've got maybe a dozen people on my Xbox friends list now who I know just from KI forums doing the challenges. So for community building, the time sync challenges are the way to go. If you're looking to have longevity for your game. Mm -hmm. Your announcements need to be loud, consistent and often. Don't assume that one post on one site at two in the morning on a Thursday is going to do it. You've Christmas got to, Day. Yeah. You've really got to announce these over and over and over with reminders, you know. Because if you're not caring about it, people aren't going to do the same. That It's just going to be those who seek it out and those who want to do it but don't have the time or don't know how to look for these, they're going to miss it. And then the final one, which it should have been July, but there was... I, I don't know whether it's some kind of internal issue or just 
it got stuck on the bottom of someone's to-do pile, but the last challenge came out a lot later than it should have done. And for something that was meant to be the season finale and round off the penultimate edition, seemed a bit lacklustre, because it was a repeat of the March challenge with one extra character. So we knew how to do it, and again, we could use the friends list and get through it, but it it really didn't have the feel of this is the last one, let's make it a good one. It was more, this is a thing we need to do, so given that. We're done. Just put the white flag on anything. Yeah. Be done with it. Make yeah, it easy, I mean, no complaining, blah, blah, If Shut I had the to hell put, up, yeah. here's the pen. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> if I had to put these in order, I would have put something like the Supreme Victory video with the competition that came with it, because they said the best five videos we get will get a free pin. That should yeah, have been the final the, uh, one. The yeah, if everything had gone a lot better and they'd had more engagement and kept things going, I think the, the video one would have been the perfect one to end on mm -hmm. because again people would care people would try and put them together they gave you the option i mean the editing in the the video thing was rudimentary but you had the option to do that and i think if they'd said send us a video and they hadn't put the constraints of use the editing software but just send us a video and you can edit it using whatever you want I mean, you could have put, like, Rocky training montages in there and all the... You really could have gone to town on it and had a lot of fun doing it. And I think that that would have been a better way to end the season. But they had to, you know, advertise the features that the Xbox One had because it was so new. Yeah, well, those features should have actually been working. Yep, and I have yet to use that software since I made that video. Yeah, which is a shame because I'm sure that, it, you know... If they've actually fixed it by now, it's a good way to put stuff together. But well, with like with the Twitch now, I think it's kind of uh, yeah. Well, between Twitch months. and people who put you know Let's Plays and other pieces online have their own capture software sitting in yeah. between the Xbox and the TV. So it's more it's, reliable. Yeah, it, that's the thing. It's whatever you've got has to be as simple and reliable as possible first, and throw other features in later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Having it, oh, look, you can click here, click here, click here, and it saves to OneDrive. Make sure it actually does, and you'll be all right. Um, with regards to putting these challenges out, what you said about the, the June Spinal Shield challenge, they did say a while ago, um, and by a while, I mean back in uh, what, August like last what, year. Like right when it ended. Yeah, August last year, they said they would find a way for people to um, earn the pins. They'd put out another challenge that people could do. We still have not heard anything about this, and everyone regards it as pretty much dead. It's left a fairly sour taste in the mouth of those on um, the forums who missed out the first time. And really, it, it just underlines the importance of, if you're going to do a pin edition of a game, you need to give a shit throughout the whole thing and not let it fall to the bottom of the pile. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure that it's, they're not bad people, you know, it's not Hitler shaved with his moustache off so we can blend in the crowd. It, They're good people. 
Dan is awesome. And I've met Dave a couple of times and Mike Robles as well. Because yep. now I'm in Seattle, they're all around here. They're all great. I think it just kind of got shuffled to the bottom of the pile because after Dan left, the other people weren't pin people. They weren't right. invested and... in, so they didn't have that kind of attachment to it. And I'm sure it's just easier to just not piss people off by kind of not necessarily ignoring it, but just keep it quiet and just, I don't know. Yeah. It was, I'm, I'm sure they didn't want it to happen like that. It's just that there was nothing they could do about it. Yeah. I mean, there was talk of another pin edition in the works with Penny Arcade at the time. for yeah, like a non-Microsoft non -Microsoft platform. platform. Yeah. That was the phrase used. So we don't know whether it's, you know, PC, PS4, Nintendo, whatever. Definitely um, wasn't Nintendo. Well, <laughs> we can infer that from what they've said. Yeah. But it could also have been that it was a Nintendo game that then got cancelled or they changed their minds and that's why they still crave Nintendo pins because they haven't quite got there and it must be frustrating. Well, like I said, when they get Nintendo on board, they can just retire. Yeah. Well, it depends which one. Like a single Nintendo pin, probably not. No, no, no. Yeah, if they ever get commissioned to do the whole Pokemon set, yeah, that's retirement kind of money. I still uh, think uh, Smash well, Brothers... That's like 20,000 pins. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I remember wanting, wanting there to be, like, a Smash Brothers set. But watching the whole Amiibo shit, I don't want one anymore. It would just yeah. be impossible to get them. It will yeah. be a mess with the way they distribute them. Yeah, yeah it would no have doubt. to be done... Penny Arcade will have to be the ones to do it. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that's the other thing I want to talk about here, because from the... Um, we, we've always said the, the pins are gorgeous. Yes, there are some people who have a slight issue with um, Orchid character pin. Uh, because yes, the, I hate that one. What? Well, it looks that slightly pin odd is the reason the I did... Yeah, that's the, the one thing on it. It's the bridge of her nose... And just the, the way it doesn't line up. Just the whole pin itself. I don't know if they changed her character or what, but to me it just it doesn't look like Orchid. It looks more I... like a Tomb Raider knockoff than anything. Mike drew all these, right? Yeah, Mike did all the character all pins the characters, and then Kiko yeah. did all the logo pins. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, the only issue we have is that the it's almost like a tangent. The bridge of the nose doesn't quite add up with the way the rest of it goes. Um, but again, everything they've done, I like. And yeah. the, the fulfillment from PA's end was great. Mm -hmm. uh, the only drawback they've got is that if you have codes for multiple pins to get them free, you have to purchase them one at a time. And for those in Australia who have the idea of, well, I'll save up all my codes and then order yeah. them all at once so I've only got one shipping charge. No, sorry, you've got seven Ugh. at the minimum. Terrible. Yeah. I'm hoping that when they overhaul the store, because it's been a long time coming and it's due fairly soon, they said at PAX East, uh, I'm hoping that you'll be able to actually put in multiple discount codes like you can at, oh, I don't know, any fucking supermarket checkout on the planet. <laughs> but yeah the actual shipping print it all that yeah having PA do it is a hell of a lot better I mean we've seen 
problems with certain other pins coming from the Naughty Dog store. Um, depending who packs them, you can have them like lovingly centred in a box surrounded by bubble wrap and packaging and plenty of tape so they don't fall out. Or you get they're shoved in a plain envelope and they go through a sorting machine and get shredded to fuck. It's amazing because yeah. I ordered my own uh, when the clicker pin came out. I ordered my own and they came in a box packed great. Yeah. Then my os pal uh, sent me some and they came in just a the, that white shitty envelope and it was just a mess. One of the pins was completely dinged up and bent, which they did replace. Yeah. So I'll give them that. But it was just a nightmare. Yeah. Again, the the pins not having the plastic wrap on them does make them more vulnerable. So, oh, the, this would not have saved that pin. The, the plastic no. wrap would not have saved that thing at all. No, but I am <laughs> it would glad help, that anything, it yeah, anything shipped from PA yeah. is at least going to be looked after. Yeah. Um, I mean, I at least wish the limited editions had wrapping on them, but whatever. Yeah. Go go green, save a plastic tree. Yeah. So. But yeah, overall, um, I mean, there were, there were a lot of good things about the KI Penultimate Edition. And it was a great experiment. So now that you've heard our thoughts, what did you guys think of the Penultimate Edition? Was it a supreme victory or a combo breaker? Just after PAX East, Pedro, now hiring henchmen, the Agro Craig, Fish Fish Monkey Hat, and myself, all got together to discuss what we thought of PAX East. Were the pins truly as hard to get as we all feared? Did anything cool happen? Listen on to find out. segment, man who always wants to take over the world's pure evil. Joining me will be that fool who forgets to lock the water tower, the aggro Craig. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> a gentleman who knows that life is like a hurricane, fish fish monkey hat. Hello. A dude who always knows how to get dangerous, now hiring henchmen. Hello, everybody. And a man who's been more places than Savoir Fair. Pedro Asani. It's tradition. Hi. <laughs> so in this segment, we're going to be discussing a quick check of what little news we have, and then going into a full discussion on PAX East. So the only real news is Katie Rice's Kickstarter. Has everybody backed that? Of course. Uh, yep. For an extra pin as well. Yeah. Yep. If you're back at the $75 or higher level, you get a special penny arcade pin of Dark Brian. I don't quite understand what makes him dark, but it's a cool pin. He's possessed. And if you want an extra one for an extra $15 added on to any tier, you can get a second pin as well. And this pin will never be sold on its own, and it's not going to be available until the backers get it. Apparently, she's learned from somebody else's mistake on that one. 
Mm. Not naming names, Barb Rock. Well, which, for the record, the Kickstarter ended a year ago, and I still haven't gotten my pen. Yeah, well, that's only because they they had more money than they realized, and they keep finding ways to improve the book, better page quality, recolors, everything, and they want to ship everything at once. So, you know, the reason it's taking so long is better quality stuff, so I'm not really going to complain. Uh, I don't like that whole recoloring the book thing. I mean, people are backing for the comic as it was, not as they wish it was. It's a consistency thing. So that it actually looks the same from start to finish and doesn't seem jarring. Because it is kind of a, a seasonal thing, much in the way the Brood Hollow was. Um, it's season one. You know, it, it's like if you're watching a TV show and halfway through they upgrade to HD. Everything before it's going to look shit. Unlike with TV, they can go back and redo everything without huge expense. It's just time. Which obviously for a physical product, they want to have consistency, which is nice. So. I know. I like stuff the way it was originally intended. I don't Like the Star Wars trilogy? <laughs> like the original Star Wars trilogy? Exactly. Although I do like some of the changes from the special edition, but yes, yeah, like putting Hayden Christensen in, right? That's the best edition, oh, right? God. <laughs> no, I will take the updates they did with Revisited. If anyone's not seen Star Wars Revisited, they should watch that version because the changes made. Some of them are so minute you won't realize they're there, but your brain will. It's stuff like. When the um, the puppets in the bar blink and their eyes crease, that's all new. That's done by this guy. He's not being paid. He's just got far too much time on his hands, and I love him for it. And it makes it so much better. You actually think, oh, my God, that that's real, but it's a puppet alien, so it's not. It's fantastic. So yeah, I, anything they do to improve what they're sending you, you can't bitch about that. Yes, it might take a lot, bit longer, but, you know, that's fine. As for Dark Place Brian, I believe that that is the, um, the Brian when he gets angry, which is quite rare. Yeah. He's snapping a stick in the, uh, in the pin, isn't he? From the comic. I'm not certain if that's snapping a stick or he's actually made nunchucks. Could that be Purdy's gun? Didn't he do something with that? No, he hasn't met Purdy, I'm thinking. Ooh, interesting. You're welcome for that little tidbit. So unless I've missed something, there's no other news, correct? No. I mean, Not the, involving the Kickstarter. Yeah, well, the Kickstarter going to uh, one extra, I think, was a, a huge, huge deal. Because, yes. Yeah. Again, as Mae West said in the South community, um, the idea that they're trading pins, so you get one to keep and one to trade, is very good. And the fact mm -hmm. that they've just gone, oh, and it's an add-on. You don't have to back it twice or something ridiculous. Fantastic. Plus, um, there's not that, I mean, there's a good amount of people who have backed your project, but there's not that many um, people have gotten that are getting the pin. I think it's only like under 300 with just a single one, so there's still be plenty left over, so I think she'll want to 
kind of get some of them out. Well, don't it's forget, just... a bunch of people like to wait until the last freaking minute to back these things as well. Yeah, in the seven days, I'm sure that'll happen. Yeah. At the time of this recording, of course. So this could be done by the time you guys hear about it. On to PAX East? On to PAX East. So, finally, PAX has come back to Boston. So, Fish Fish, how'd you do at PAX East? I did fantastic. That's great. <laughs> we was as, long as, no more, as long as you have no more follow-up questions, awesome. <laughs> now, I didn't go to PAX East. Why no. not? Because I live in Australia. Yeah. Although... Well, whose fault is that? What was your um, view of it from there? Obviously, we're talking via WhatsApp and the forums and everything else that's going on. Because you didn't have a pin pal there either. So, did you know no, much my, about uh, what was happening? I kept my... Uh, I kept up with happenings on the forums as I had to. My uh, pin pal Mott couldn't make it this year due to reasons, so I uh, went ahead to proxy through Frostbite, who was very generously giving pins to people. Luckily, I didn't actually uh, want that many pins, so it wasn't that uh, bad for me. Guilty yeah. casual. Well, Compared to some of you, not yes. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Mott didn't go um, is kind of disappointing, because last year, his balloon animals his balloon fruit fucker. Yes, he's well renowned, well renowned balloon fruit fucker. Yeah. Amazing. Well, no, I like the fact that we had someone who knew absolutely nothing asking questions because, I mean, for I think every year we sort of understand that East is just becoming the hardest place to get these like full collections. Still, I don't like Prime. I had no problem. Yeah, we, uh, there was nothing. Uh, well, you had no problem because I was beasting the fuck out of it. Well, no, even, <laughs> no, 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 no. Even even with pins like the order and like Sunset Overdrive and the other one, it, or like um, Iron Sunset Hook. Overdrive was the easiest one to get there. I grinded that pin in the goddamn photo booth. Yeah, I mean, even even the one for like maybe like the Iron Horde and the ETC, like they were like hard but not super hard. But this one was like brutal. Fuck those lines. I didn't get in those lines at all. Actually, no, I did Iron Horde. The Overwatch pins were like ridiculous. Yeah. Well. Let's do it in some semblance of order. Does everyone have the Pax East pin list? Uh, in my mind, yeah. I have it. Right open in front of me. <laughs> well, that's fish fish. How hard it was for him to get them all. <laughs> Ask him first. Well, yeah. It's a legitimate question because he has pin pals. Oh, uh, not yeah. for this one. Not for East. <laughs> really? Yeah, my pin pal had to sit it up. So I had to go through uh, Frostbite. Oh, so you use Pinprox? Well, fantastic. <laughs> yes. So I'm curious as to how the proxy system works because I didn't do it for Prime. You get a well, lot of anxiety and a lot of money. <laughs> and you have to go around buying pins. So <laughs> then you get. So then you missed out, obviously, on. Well, what? Star the, Trek, the way, Twitch, Starcon. Yeah, the way I understand it was Tom just does the, the money pins, he doesn't do the other stuff. Yeah. Which is great. He, that's that's. He fine. actually he did me a favor. I said the only other non-money one I wanted was the uh the Moonrise one, and he actually got me one of those. Oh, oh cool. nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, actually, Undead Labs yeah. again because is that where he got it? I hope they are know. they're vying for the title of best people on the planet, and yeah. they've given no they have donated 
a fuck ton of pins to go what? to Australia. What? Nice. Yeah. I've got Ember Jaws, Nemonies, the skull from uh, State got, of Decay. State of Decay. Thank you. Damn, I didn't even get that one. Yeah. Well, they are they are winging their way to Australia. They're going to be in Ducky's hands, and she's going to be giving them out at PAX Australia. That's cool. That's actually really awesome. As it is. I know they did it at South, but that's cool. Yeah. Uh, are you saying that's where Frostbite got the one he gave me? or No. No, no he did that independently, because yeah. this was something uh, Undead Labs did on the last day. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've donated some for prizes for the podcast. So I'm going to be uh, adding that That's on. That's good marketing. They're doing good shit. They, uh, they are the nicest people. And like, I agree 100%. I love talking hands to them. Hands down the best booth at South, at East, at Prime. Yeah, they're all really nice people. Yeah. In fact, they only miss out on best of the entire world because they haven't done Australia. Yeah, well, they're a small That's company. I don't think they can understandable. To, they, can, they can afford to go to Australia. Yeah. You know, I was talking to, you know, the guy that did the, um, oh, crap, what's his name? Oh, my goodness. Frontier, the guys that did Star Trek. Yes. And I was asking them if they plan on being a PAX Prime or, like, another PAX, and, you know, because we heard, you know, they might do, like, a Game of Thrones something. <laughs> and, oh, and, um, we'll get into he, that, he, yeah. He was saying that, they might not be at Prime just because it's so expensive to get a booth there. Yes. Like it really does cost like a lot of money for these for these like boot spaces. Okay. Well, we'll start running through the pin list, running down in order. The Behemoth set, though I've seen the chunk chunker machines, and that seemed pretty easy. Um, I managed to get I think four of them out of five when I went over and just needed to swap one. Did anyone have any particular issues with it or did they find that people weren't trading? I mean, it felt like people weren't trading as much there, but that might have just been when I arrived. Um, when I did it, I was buying for me and my pin pal, um, Adam Bard. So when I did it, I had, what, 10, 10 coins you put in or whatever to get you 10 pins. And I yeah. just put them all on the same machine, just one after the other, just went. And I got the first eight, I got two of each of four different ones. And it was like, oh, perfect. And then the last two, I got triplicates of, I think it was uh, the troll. So I got I had three of those in the long run. And I found a guy, and I was just missing the, uh, the octobase. So I found a guy, and he was he got like multiple octobases. And I was like, would you trade two of them? And he just gave me two of those for two trolls and... I was done, and he had a couple extras, and I was like, "Oh, perfect." So, I, I've always been pretty pretty lucky in getting all the behemoth pins. Like I, I know for this year when I when I went for myself, I um, I think I uh, I think I came out with like four of the five or what three of the four, I guess. I don't I don't remember how many there were. What were there four or five? There are five. Yeah, five. Right, so yeah, I came out with four of the five, and one of the behemoth guys was like, as I was purchasing, because I had to use um cash as I was purchasing them. He had some on his lanyard, and he was like, "Hey, if you don't get like what you want, just come back and we'll like see if we can trade." So see, the Behemoth guys are pretty nice about it. Yeah, yeah, you're obviously spending the money there. there. Except people are except people. the person that was handling the coins. He had stuff on his on his lanyard, and I asked him about trading. He was just like, "Oh no, we're not allowed to do that." And I was like, "That's not 
through. He well, was no, it, uh, it seems that the managers of booths are, and we'll be on this more later, but the managers of booths are allowed to trade. The regular booth staff are not, because at several other booths that I went to, that was certainly the case. And I think it's, again, that mentality of, oh, you can't trade them all away. You've got to have one on your lanyard, and they are limited. Yeah, I guess. Kind of a, a self-imposed well, rarity. I, mean, I, I could have understood maybe if, if I was trying to trade with like one of the guys from like the Star Trek or the Blizzard people, but I mean, it, this one, it didn't seem like they were in danger of running out, and he had like a, a good lanyard full of other pins, so I just needed one. I needed one pin, I got four of the five. Yeah. So I was like, hey, can we like just trade for one? And he, no, 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 no. Yeah. You gotta figure that there, because this is something they want to like make money, not to like, be a dick about it, but... Well, no, yeah, no it, it's simply that they they don't allow the booth staff, the regulars, to trade away, because they're given example pins, I guess, to wear. To market it, uh, yeah. what you can get. You can be like, go over there, you can try it yourself. Yay! Yeah, I mean, even Undead Labs, who... Oh, great. Um, mm-hmm. The regular booth staff had... They were wearing one Nemony pin, and yep. some of them didn't even have the State of Decay ones on, and they couldn't trade. Probably right. they were more lax at, like, 4.30 on the Sunday, but um, for the most part, if you try and trade with the regular booth staff, it's not going to happen. Yeah, just like the Order. Yeah. And uh, Next Level and shit like that. Yeah. So, I... Got out of there lucky, I guess, with the human shit. So. Yeah. I mean, the, at all the previous PAXs, it's been a pretty good trading area, particularly on the first day, mm-hmm. because there have been people trying to trade to get, obviously, the complete behemoth set, but then also they're trading other stuff. And this year it seemed that that wasn't the case. I don't yeah, know. I whether I was just there at a bad time, but did anyone else notice that there was a lot of other trading going on, or maybe there weren't many people around? I was in and out of there in like 10 minutes and never went back, so I really couldn't tell you. Because I was like, I got all five, well, 10 of mine, and I was just out of there, so it was great. So. Fair enough. The next lot was obviously the. The Wheel of Fine Team Fortress 2 set. Cost me 40 bucks, douchebags. It was more expensive than the um, the East Core set from Merch Booth. Now, was because I didn't buy this one myself, was that just because there was tax on it, or was that because that's how um, much they were selling for? What they did was they had it for $40 cash. And it would be forty dollars plus tax if you use the card. Wow. Yep. So. So essentially, buy... cash discount. Yeah, because I'm sure that you know they lose money with uh, they yeah, probably sure don't want to carry change there. Yeah. yeah, they probably yeah. won't have change there, so they just make it you know they'll have a discounted, quote unquote, for cash, and then card they technically have to charge you the uh, the tax for all their internal purposes and shit. Yeah. So, um, I was gonna buy two sets if it was thirty dollars, but I just got one, just because I really didn't care enough to get more than one for the extra ten dollar premium. 
Yeah. Right. So now I'm wondering if the reason for the price is simply that in the contracts they get um, there's a minimum set for the pin price of ten dollars, and I think that's because the contract was written for single pins. Mm-hmm. I think if um, if a set was thirty five in line with the merch booth, they would have seen a lot more of these traded. But I know that many people weren't trading the wheel of fine set because they weren't buying extras to trade. Yeah. It was I mean, simply, I oh, have, this I is the one that's going to hurt them in the long run if they do that. I, yeah. would, I would have loved to have extras, but I just, it's yeah, just me too. not worth it. Because everybody's always trading the core set or the, like the Twisting Cats be of East or mm-hmm. the acquisitions things. So like, I would like to get something more like this out because Adventure Time was only 30 bucks at Prime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, well, I mean, was, and I saw those... Well, it was thirty dollars, but the full With We Love tax. Fine set was no, no, no. The full We Love Fine set was technically forty because of Catbug. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that was like a separate entity. I know what you're saying, though. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but again, that's single pin and four rather than yeah. a set of it's, five. It's not Adventure Time, so it is a separate one. Yeah. Even though it's by the same guy. So. I don't know. Whatever. Now we come on to what was suspected to be the nightmare pin. And was right. Blizzard and the Overwatch. Ugh. Now The game is fantastic, though. Yes. I loved the game, and I was, like, shocked by that. Because when I first played it, I was like, I hate this game because of the pin, but I love it, too. Yeah, it every, everyone who played, and I spoke to many people in the community who... They were terrified, frustrated hateful of the gold overwatch pin in the mm-hmm. beginning but the game seems to have softened the blow quite considerably yeah and the fact that you know you play the game you get the regular one that's great mm-hmm. the the gold one it was essentially uh, a one in six chance to get it but it was skill based too so yeah it was, if you play as the robot, here's your pin. Yeah, the, the challenge probably I should have been looked cool. at a touch more, because the, the way the mechanic worked was, you play the game, and there are two rounds. And at the end of the round, it picks out what it considers the play of the game. And it defines the play of the game mechanically as... Whoever gets the most points in a seven-second window. And you get points for damage, killing, that kind of thing. You don't seem to get as many for healing. And I know that Q, uh, Cumadin, played the healer a lot because that's the archetype he likes. Uh, And as such, he wrote himself off for getting the gold one because... There's no way to get play of the game by healing someone who then goes on and does, you know, five kills in three seconds. Yeah, yeah, those he games gets it, are not you. E- even team, even in Team Fortress, uh, you're rewarded more if you're an offensive assault type class. Yeah, the the support class doesn't get the love, and it seemed that on offense it was the um, Pariah, who's the rocket launcher character and on defense it was bastion 
the robot that could turn into a turret and then a tank. So good. Yeah. I mean, they're awesome to play. They're great fun. And having them will certainly help you get play of the game. I don't really see Bashing get too many play of the games, though, because I played it as him the first time because I thought he was cool before I even asked about, like, what classes are good at doing it. And he's hard to get multi-kills with unless you just have, like, obviously, you know, the big group there in certain situations. But people are mostly saying, like, the Reaper was the the one to do it with. Yeah, well, Pikmin I saw get ridiculous scores. Um, oh, yeah. Something like 7,000, 9,000. Just nuts um but even then he was consistent well, he was a professional player too wasn't he? well yeah but he was consistently killing but that was over the entirety of the round and so a lot of the time he also didn't get play of the game because someone else would come in and do a burst and that was probably the only good thing they did the entire round but within the mechanics of the play of the game structure that won it for them i know that's certainly what happened with me I'm playing Pariah, we're running towards the end, and I managed to take out five people with a rocket launcher in about four seconds, because they're all grouped up. Other than that, I was probably getting my ass kicked the entire time. So, if the... Giving out a, a rarer pin like this for skill, I would like to see balanced across all the possibilities so your healer has as much of a chance of getting it as the person who does ridiculous damage um also it it's blizzard do they need more publicity and drive to their booth with this probably not no as it is you know i got my own i like it um but I know that this is a fairly rare one, and even yeah. though there seem to be more around than we first thought, it's still going to be a difficult one for people to get hold of if they haven't already. Be prepared to trade those Leroy's for it, at the very least. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it would it would have been nice to have an extra, but um, just getting one was a tall task in itself, so... Well, you didn't actually get one, did you? Well, I mean, just having one gotten for you yeah. is a tall task. Because you were actually working the entire convention. <laughs> People with jobs, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get the Overwatch. I didn't try. You didn't send the kid in with his big eyes and just like, can I have the shiny? No, we couldn't even get anywhere near the booth most of the time. Wow. I know yeah, that, I again, like, they were line-capping. They were line capping, and if we stopped in the aisle to watch, we kept getting hurried along. So, yeah, yeah. the enforcers were doing a very good job, actually. But yeah, they well, what they were told to do. It's yeah, that, yeah. they're making the best of a very bad system because yeah. line capping is inherently unfair. Yeah, because people turn up in a certain order, they should get to play in a certain order, and with a line cap, they turn up, they get turned away 30 seconds later the line moves on someone else has turned up and they get in because the line opens mm-hmm. that's horseshit did uh, you see the splatoon line at all that was nasty yeah. 
I mean, the there has to be a way. I mean, again, part of it would have been better booth design because the Overwatch booth, while it looked good, did not make the best use of space, and they could have had larger queues and better throughput if they'd had a better booth design. The other, we go from one extreme to the other now because we're undead labs. Can't say a bad thing about them. Um, no. Moonrise. It's great. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, they had their State of Decay and uh, Moonrise out this time. They've got the Nemony pin and they were fantastic. They actually had an issue that a lot of their staff were stuck and on the first day they looked for volunteers who knew the game to help out at the booth. Oh, and, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would have done that. Yeah, well, first day, if you were talking to booth staff, odds are they're just a fan of the game who were mm. happy to give up their own packs time to help out. You know, it's almost like Undead cool. Labs' private point, enforcers. They, like, slip on a pass to get them in there to do it, too. Yeah, either it was um, their exhibitor passes or they sorted them out with spares they've got. Yeah. Or they gave them merch because these guys had packs tickets already, you know? But yeah. Everyone I spoke to was great, and they, again, have their throughput sorted. They knew exactly how many people they were going to get through in the demos. They had um, the tournaments slick, and yeah, every convention goer should go to Undead Labs. If you're an attendee, it's just a pleasant experience. If you run a booth... Go and use them as an example. They're great. Well, do did we have a lot of, of booths this year that, that didn't know how long their games were? Because, I mean, like, I know that, like, you know, like, Blizzard and everybody in Nintendo capped, like, super quick, and they were like, oh, it's, like, capped for three hours, but... Yeah, but that was just like a, they, a case of queue space, you know? Right, right. But it seemed like they knew, at least they knew how long it would be capped for. Like, it wasn't just, like, a general assumption. Yeah. No, the, they knew, based on the experience of the day, like... Oh, if someone gets to here, and we're hearing that it takes two hours from this spot. Right. But they didn't actually, you know, count people. It's the simplest thing in the world. You've got this many stations, your demo runs for this time, count how many people you put through an hour, count how many people can stand in your queue, and mark an hour, mark two hours. Let them know, and queue capping is kind of self-regulating that way. If someone sees, holy shit, it's going to take two hours for a five-minute demo, I'll pass. Right. Well, see, that's the thing. I think a lot of people hear, oh, it's only like uh, it's only like a 20-minute like a demo what's taking like four hours. But, you know, it's not it's not like they're purposely like w like making you wait. Like, they don't want you to wait that long either. No. You know well, I mean? some of them do. Um, a lot of them... Again, E3 mentality of, oh, there's a huge queue for this. That's good publicity. I guess. You know what's funny is that when I, w when I was at E3 last year, the uh, now now just because it's more of a, a press show than, than it is anything else, um, the, the lines were not as bad as, as the PAX lines. Like, you were waiting, but you really could play whatever you wanted to, like, if you really tried to play. Like, there was no, like, needing to make time constantly. But I'm assuming that has more to do with it being a press show and everyone being allowed to PAX. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, the fact that you've got, again, we're back on the Blizzard booth. The, the layout of the Blizzard booth did not make good use of space. And I was at BlizzCon, and when they released Overwatch there, and they had something like 194 stations, just rows and rows and rows of machines so that people could try it out. Right. The, you know, they had banners and other stuff and bits and pieces, but essentially it was a case of get people in, let them play the game, get them out. That's I would assume I would assume functional. for packs that that would be like an insane amount of money to to be able to take up that much room. Well, it didn't take up any more room than their current booth. Oh, okay. The difference though is that, well, this is Blizzard's only thing. Is like they have their own convention, so they can do whatever they want there. Yeah. Well, uh, PAX, so they just have a small part, but they also want to like be eye-catching people who don't know what Overwatch is. Yeah. I'm not saying IP they could have well. brought 194 stations. Yeah. Into, but they certainly could have brought more than they did because they yeah. had the, the layout of the booth is essentially the Overwatch logo itself. Right. And did was... not make use of, because it's, it's got strange angles. And it's not functional that way. Mm-hmm. If they could have brought at least 60 machines, if they'd laid out much like BYOC or PC Freeplay. Now, again, that's not going to be showy, but... Oh, yeah, you want to have a little bit of showy. Yeah, well, they're going to need something, but they can certainly design a booth that accommodates both, you know? that has yeah. a lot better throughput so you've not got the huge queues. Or even if you do have the huge queues, at least they're constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Going back to the Disney, you know, yes, you might have to wait a long time, but if you're always moving, the wait doesn't feel as long. So that would probably yeah. be a good thing. 48 people every 20 minutes, though, was not that bad, though. It actually did move pretty quickly. Yeah, even as it was. but the number of people that wanted to get in meant queue capping. Oh, so. yeah, 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 of course. Some yeah. people got out and back in because they wanted and, to And the problem was, was that it capped almost instantly during the day. Yep. Yeah. Like, as soon as the yep. morning started, it was capped. Yeah, because everyone was running from the queue room, or rather, walking very briskly because running's not allowed. Even and, though everybody ran anyway. Yeah, getting right into the Overwatch queue, and then <laughs> that was it for the day. Yep. Um, by contrast, Undead Labs had as many machines as they could in that small amount of space. Yes, they had the press area in the middle with the, the right. couches and everything, but they brought as many demo stations as they had, and they made sure that everything fit in as best they could do with it. It's also much easier to fit an iPad than it is all PCs and everything, though, yeah. too, which is nice. Yeah, but again, they had PCs for State of Decay, and they made better use of the space with those than the Overwatch ones did, yeah. because they had them in a straight line rather than jutting angles, because that fits the Overwatch logo. Yeah. And also, the Undead Labs guys were really nice if they couldn't get you in as well. Oh yeah, we I mean, finally found the booth pretty late on Friday, and because they had. The demo stations were kind of on the outside, and the queue was in the inside of it. Yeah, it was really we didn't see the queue, so we were just kind of watching somebody else play the demo. 
And one of the guys looked up and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. You know, we're capped for the day. You know, the line starts over there. But, hey, you know, you can come back tomorrow to check it out. All right. Yeah. And I, I do know that for those who had Friday only badges, um, when they said, oh, you can come back tomorrow and they go, we're only here for the day, they would try and do something about that. I don't know if they were always successful, but for those on single days, they were as accommodating as they could be. Yeah, because they obviously want to seem, you know, good about their product and everything to make people still interested about it. At least if you can get the beta code out of it, too. I mean, they can still go home and try it and, you know, yeah. be interested later on. Next one's harmonics. Obviously, The question mark. Well, it was revealed. The question mark would have been a better pin. Oh, don't say that. The most disappointing question mark. (laughs) Well, that was the. It's a logo. Unfortunately, it's the rock band logo. Mystery pin. It was just ugly. I I don't. I don't want to say it's ugly because I mean the the actual produced thing is the logo. It's I mean, just I would have liked possibly maybe more like like a band playing. I it couldn't have been just an instrument because that's not <clears throat> descriptive enough of what the well, game yeah. is. It's marketing. Somebody sees that pin on and be like, "Rock band forest coming out." What? Right. Yeah. Run over. But it it could have been, you know. Could have been more. I'm happy with it as it is personally. As a logo, it's fine. You know. For, mm-hmm. for people who get hard about fonts, I'm sure it's killer. But it's just fine. Yeah. Let's you let's use signs to uh the and this. We love fine. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> say, if we look at the uh, poll on the forums for the rock band logo. Oh, yeah. Lo- love it with twelve percent. Oh, it's a logo, thirty votes. And boring was thirteen votes. So, oh, it's a logo was the most common response. Yeah. Well, there you go. That just seems like an apathetic, like, oh. Yeah. I can yeah. tell you I skipped this one. Yeah? I mean, it's not coming to a system I can play on. It just was a boring pin, and I found better things to spend my money on. I wish like I bought a fish like and chips and a soda. Maybe it'll come out on Nintendo's new system. In three years when it actually launches. <laughs> yeah. No, it it could have been a lot more. And I hope that if they do pins in the future, they will actually have a bit more imagination about it. Yeah. Well, I think the thing was, was that we didn't know Rock Band 4 was a thing until the day before PAX East. So I think they maybe wanted to keep it maybe a secret just a little longer. Yeah. Sort of surprise people with it, but... Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the fact that they want to keep it secret. You know, keep it under wraps, I mean, whatever. I, I love Rock Band. Like, I'm, I'm it's super just the actual more... pin is... Yeah, just the pin itself is just sort of like, eh. Yeah. Oh, it's the logo. Yeah. I'm happy and I don't care. Submit. <laughs> At Wizards of the Coast, the new Sarkin. This yeah, time this was, in color. See, honestly, this was another one I was just kind of like, Meh. I don't like no. this one. I think it looks yeah. bad. Really? I, I love this I one. I actually prefer this one over the Australian Sarkin. I like the Australian one a lot more. Compared to the mm. other Magic pins that they've released in the past, not even just the Sarkin ones, I think this is probably like the weakest looking one. 
Mm-hmm. Really? Weaker than uh, Elspeth? Yeah, I don't know why. It's just like something about it's just sort of like, eh. Really? Although, uh, East, East Chandra, I'm not the biggest uh, fan of either. See, th- they've had so many fire-based pins that I like the fact that there's more color on it. He's got tree moss growing out of him? He does have a lot of color, like various colors, which is true. But I think well, Moose Dragon is still the best one. part of that's trying to show off his change in color. The character itself has switched to what colors of magic he is, and that's shown in the pen. So he was red before, and now he's... Now he's tree he was, guy. I believe, <laughs> red-black before. Okay. He's a Groot now. He's had... This is <laughs> at least, like, his third variation, so... Just keep milking the same character. It's good. There, no. <laughs> he's been a major part of the storyline. He basically went insane at one point, and now he's Not... finally gone back in time and got his mind clear. I just That's, have a question. That sounds legit. Yeah. Do we know why they didn't decide to do one for the, the D&D panel? Is it just sort of like they don't want to do that anymore, or...? Uh, well, yeah. the reason they did the D&D was um, the 40th anniversary with the original Ampersand. Right. And, and then, then was that for the Rise of Tiamat for actual 5th edition. Ah, uh, okay. So they didn't so, really have anything to sell. Well, no, the new push, D&D-wise, is Elemental Evil. But they released the PDF for that. They've not printed the books. Oh, so maybe Prime. Well... Prime, they may at that point have released something else because they've they're pushing out uh, modules for it at a pretty good pace. Okay. I don't think it's going to be Elemental Evil. It's probably going to be something else. But again, the artwork in that, any of that becomes a pin, I'm going to be okay with that. Well, now here's my thing with the way that this pin was 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 distributed. I don't mind um, having to pay for pins sometimes. You know, this year was an exception because. You know, money issues happen, but I don't normally mind paying for pins. But I'm not going to invest in your product if, and this is just me. Like for for the way Magic went about, you had to enter in a tournament for like an hour session of like learning how to play Magic. It wasn't really a tournament; it was casual. It was just basically like a one v one, like casual. This is how you play Magic, right? So you got three tickets, prize tickets, and you could redeem prize tickets for a bunch of stuff. But it just so happened that the $20 gave you just enough to get the prize tickets for the pin. Now, I, personally, I would just rather buy the pin because doing it that way, for me, I'm less interested in playing Magic if I'm only being forced to play Magic for something. Yeah, well, th- that's the, the issue we have at But the whole South. idea of it is they want you to play the game and get into Magic. Yeah. Right, well, that's what I'm just saying. Just like Blizzard is just handing out their pin if you walk by. You have to play the game so that you can get hooked on it. Well, that's fine. Like, I don't mind doing that for Moonrise or even for Blizzard. Like, I don't mind playing the game because it's free. I'm only spending my time. But I would not normally spend $20 to learn how to play Magic. I was only doing it for the pin. So to, like, for, like charge me to, like, l- learn something that I really don't care that much about, but I really want the pin is just sort of like... You could have also just gone to their panel where they gave it out to everybody who attended. That's true. Yeah. I think if... Um... They'd actually t- telegraph that in advance. Um, a lot more people. Oh, they would... did if they knew you. Yes, well, a lot more people would have gone there, but um, I actually didn't mind 
the way it was run because after the problems at South to see most of them corrected at East was very relieving and the the option to actually find someone who was trading the tickets in for cards and say well listen I'll buy your cards for you you get me the pin it's the same thing to that person I get what I want they get what they want everyone's happy right see and the, this the time the staff weren't there, discouraging it the, the only times I've been around the, the, I went around the booth or the little table I should say there was really nobody around it was literally just a guy sitting at a desk and there was nobody around redeeming stuff yeah you'd, you'd have to go when um, one of the time yeah, things yeah. had just kicked out so, so if the, the challenge you, was at three o'clock you want to be there about four and you know just talk to everyone in the queue so the way you described it was I, I'm assuming that you tried to do the similar system of um, I'll buy your card you get my pin yeah at south were the employees saying no 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 you can't they were saying that we weren't allowed to do that and they were telling um, people oh don't trade the pin it's worth however much on eBay and of uh. course that then drove up eBay prices until people came to their fucking senses so yeah the the staff were a lot better this time round and they also had um, every magic pin previously in the display case for 600 tickets which was probably still a little how many? It's only 250. Oh, it dropped down. Brilliant. And um, if you... Because originally I went there like first thing Friday morning and they had said that they were 30 apiece. You could pick whichever one you wanted. And then wow. later on they got corrected that it was the set for 250. Although I uh, believe thinking through, they were actually missing one of them, but I don't remember which one maybe, it was. Maybe they had given one of those out for the 30. So what they said is, if they had told you that, then you could have got the set for 180. Nice. Hmm. I know wow. that one of well, the actual I found staff that out when it was way too late for it. me to get it. Yeah. What was this? What's that? What's that in dollars? Uh, yeah, if you did it for the twenty dollars, hundred twenty bucks. Yeah. At least, unless you did the tournament, which it was too late for that. That's anyway. what is that for every magic pin that's been out so far? I swear there was one missing, but I don't remember the setup. I didn't see the 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 D and D the ampersand. Well, Maybe no, that's not a magic pen. That's yeah. D and D. It's not every Watsy oh. pin. It's every magic. Oh, it's pin. not every Watsy pin. Yeah, because there's there eight pins out now, or is it seven? It's one one at every pack, so. Yeah, I think that's what is seven. Chandra's right. Chandra, Chandra. Well, Chandra. well two full years of three each. Yeah. Well, three for thirteen. Three for fourteen. It's eight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Maths. think they had the two Garouks there. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Only but the, the staff were a lot more friendly, a lot more enthusiastic, yeah. and even yeah. the guy behind the counter was saying that he was trying to get enough tickets to get all the other pins because he really wanted, you know, just to have them because he was a, a fan of Magic and liked the designs of the pins. Now, were right. there any Wizards of the Coast people there at South, or was it just the um, Channel Fireball? At South, um, I think there was one Wizards person. 
Okay. <clears throat> but I couldn't tell you for certain. You'd have to. That's so check. crazy that they were telling people what their worth was on eBay. Yeah. That was at South, right? We'll get to that, that was later. At, that was at South. Yeah. I mean, the next one is Super Giant. Um, a, a few people were slightly put out that the the pins cost more than the actual game. <laughs> this was something I didn't actually realise at the time because I hadn't played it. Uh, I simply picked them up because they look cool. I like them. Seriously, so. I think you're going to see a lot of that in the future because yeah. I think companies are really starting to realise like what the pins are worth. We need a Steam to drive the value of the pins to absolute zero. I mean, I, I even, like especially with uh, like what we talked about earlier, like Katie Rice's Kickstarter, you're going to see a lot of these people sort of valuing their pins at a higher rate than, than I think we maybe we're used to. But that's just me. Yeah, I think it all comes down to how many they're going to have left after the convention. If they sell, like, if they buy 1,000, they only sell 200 at well, no, $15. No, no, no. Yeah, not, not afterwards. I mean, like, at the convention itself. So, you yeah. know, like, Supergiant was, like, putting their pin up higher than the game. Like, that's because... Supergiant had both of their pins available as well. Yeah. Because people will still buy it. Right. They were also at Prime, so I'm sure they knew the demand, and they were also only letting you buy two per person or one per person or however it was. Yeah, it was two per person. A lot of people were buying multiples, so they probably said, oh, wow, look at all this. Let's go charge it a little higher. Yeah, again, the, there's a fear of running out. So, whilst it's understandable, then there must be things that can be done to avoid that without limiting it to the people who are there. I don't know. I think that Mike... Mike really means what he says, uh, what he said on the forum was that, like, it's not meant to be, like, collect them all. So, like, maybe in his mind, or even the pin team's mind, maybe it's just sort of, like, this is, like, your reward for being at this PAX. Like, this is what you get. And then the other PAX people or the other people get, like, what they get. You know what I mean? I know that there are people, obviously, like us, who collect everything. I can tell you, I didn't pick up this pin. It just... I was getting to the point where I had spent more than enough money and I really had to be picky and uh, this pen just didn't really do it for me. I, think I that tried the game they were demoing, I don't remember which one it was. It was really interesting. Yeah. It was interesting, it was weird, but I don't know if I'd ever really play it. I like I like the transistor pen more than I like the, the Bastion one. Yeah, I agree. But both are nice and I like Bastion, so I mean there's no brainer to buy it anyway, but Peter, not here. Yep. Peter? No, I'm here. So next up is Katie Rice's Purdy. Yes, Casey's Purdy. Um, awesome pin. Fantastic. The the perspective on it is great, and yeah, I enjoyed this one. Yeah. Anyone who reads the comics loves this character, so I'm again, I'm a fan. The um, her hair looks a lot lighter in person though on the pin. I don't know if that's just me or the way the pin came out. It seemed like it was very light, but I'm gonna be crazy. Possibly just the the colors they picked, so that it contrasted more with the jacket. Yeah, which it's fine. I just noticed when I picked that, and first I was like, "Oh, this looks lighter than I thought it was gonna be." But I was like, "Okay, fine." Yeah, and, and again, talking to Katie is always great. Oh yes, yeah. no, she's nice. Yeah, she is. Yeah, and she was especially pleased that everyone liked the um, the staff heads. Oh, God, she yeah. was 
she'd been really nervous about doing them, and so to have everyone like them was a good thing. They were the best series And she did so the far. best ones we've had. Yeah, yeah. the best yeah. ones so far. Our next one is Twitch. Ugh. Fuck Twitch. <laughs> I actually really like the way this pin looks once you get it closer. Yeah. I was expecting that kind of response. Yeah, the, um... Twitch makes Blizzard look benevolent. The Twitch glitch? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. The worst part is that <laughs> Twitch, when they were talking with Brian and everyone, were really enthusiastic to have the pins, and they were going to have a run of 3,000, but only got half of them. So I'd expect to see the other half at Prime. Um, as oh, yeah, it was, 400 of them at Prime, and then they'll put the rest on eBay. Yeah, as it was, some of the staff were great. Um, I managed to make a trade for a gold Overwatch and a Twitch pin um, from one of theirs, and she was fantastic. The problem seemed to occur later on in the weekend when some of the other staff who were allowed to trade started essentially gouging other people. Uh, they, they were saying that the they knew that the, the gold overwatch was sought after but they were also saying oh this twitch one's really rare and it's really hard to get and they wanted some pretty premium pins from other people that's nice yeah it, they knew what they were doing about it too yeah it, it was a bit of a sour note after well, if they, if, if they, if they weren't Twitch. if they weren't being rude about it, I kind of couldn't be mad. If that makes sense, because yeah. the two pins, you know, had to at in a, in a vacuum, add packsies were probably the two hardest pins to get. Oh yeah. So I can understand them saying, "Well, no, like I want like good pins for the Swish pin." But if they were being rude about it, then that's silly. Yeah. Uh, no, it's that they wanted. Um... I mean, even with that, they were looking for an entire Australian 13 set for a single Twitch pin. Uh, and uh, even when... Yeah, I heard about this, and apparently the person explained, well, that's not really equivalent, um, and they didn't want to make the trades. And they were also having um, a lot of people come up, try to trade with them, and they were refusing flat out um, because they wanted to get better pins. Right. It's uh, like if your staff giving things away at a booth, you know, unless it's your personal collection, you should be more. I guess that's how they. I guess that's it. how the, the staff at the booths get. Like you know, if they're into the pins, that's how they get it because they're working. Yeah, most and of again, them. if it was their personal one and they were looking to try and get some stuff they were particularly after, I mean, I had um, James from Loading Ready Run. Who was? I mean, he collects all of them. He's hardcore. He was missing a gold Overwatch, and he was just trying to spend anything he could to get it. I don't know that he actually has, so he's probably still on the lookout for it. Um, They're all up on eBay. Now. Yeah, and that's yeah. fine. You know, if if that's Dude, the personal collection and they wanted wanted to get something, that's fine. But trying to really gouge other collectors. Particularly new collectors. Contrast Disruptor Beam, despite having. Uh. No, no, don't ask me just yet. <laughs> Disruptor Beam was going to be a sought after pin. It's probably the pin that's going to go the furthest out of the pin trading community because of the property that it is. The mm -hmm. fact that they didn't print nearly enough 
they didn't know. I mean, I talked to the staff, and they just had no idea. I really can't believe that nobody at Penny, Penny Arcade warned them. It's, well, again, these they were printed before off, South, and the idea of even upping the minimum print run from a 1,000 couldn't have been done for East, because whilst we were at South, these were being printed and shipped. Right. Still, when they put in the order, you know, you think someone will look at it and say, I don't think you guys realize how crazy people go for these well, I don't, Yeah, yeah I mean, you've got a hot property, you might want to boost yeah. this up a little. Now, you know, I might be wrong, but I don't think that the, like, Frontier sends the order through Penny Arcade. I think Penny Arcade just says, okay, you could do the pin, go get a pin. No. Like, no, all the printing, shipping, etc. is handled by Penny Arcade. Is it? Yeah. So yeah, they tell them how many pins they want. Yeah. Yeah, so, they don't get their pins until packs, where they deliver them to them personally. Yeah, they're all shipped to, one to the that, That's why there was the issue at South, when stuff mm -hmm. didn't arrive. Uh, Nobody had them. Yeah. But the between pin nerds, game nerds, and Star Trek nerds... Star Trek nerds, yeah. Yeah. You should Shakies. know that the, the combination of those three is going to have a... I mean, I saw plenty of people in full Starfleet uniforms playing the game to get this pin. They didn't care about the rest of them. At least not right. initially. And the pin was actually pretty nice looking. Yeah. I actually yes. enjoy the way it looks. It was a Star Trek pin. They wanted it. And so, yeah, they probably should have had a few more printed. I'm now, sure they only had so much of a budget, though, considering they're not a huge developer. Yeah. I yeah. mean... Like I was saying prior to the, to, I don't know if it's going to make the cut of the of the podcast, but I was speaking to the guy who actually owns like the company, who is the CEO of the company, and he was he was saying that he doesn't even know if he's going to be able to make it to Prime, due to the costs of the, the booth size, yeah, or it, the cost of renting booth space. So it's it's yeah. definitely tough for these like littler companies. Yeah, I mean it's something they are considering because they were also considering having a pin for their other game. Initially, when they set up their booth, it was 50% the Game of Thrones and 50% Star Trek. That that pin would be most likely the most sought-after one of the show. Yeah, well, because, because they were initially 50-50 and they were overwhelmed by people who were playing the Star Trek game to get the Star Trek pin, Right. they started switching over. So it, eventually, I think they had maybe one or two stations with Game of Thrones on and the yeah. rest was all... Star Trek. Yeah. If they go to Prime, yeah, they said if they go to Prime, they want to push the Game of Thrones one, so they were thinking of having a Game of Thrones pin, and immediately I was saying, just for the love of God, print oh. more. Yeah, that, they have no... The, the Someone, for the love of God, please get me one of those. Yeah, they have no idea what it's going to be, but they've got so much to choose from. House oh, Crest. Uh, just oh, do the, the, um... The King's I... Hand pen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would probably be the best a choice. Any of that and... Oh, my God, Iron... yes. Iron Throne. I will maybe. pay That's the Iron Price. You point <laughs> to me the pen. I didn't even think... Because they said, what should we have? And immediately I'm going through, like, well, there's plenty of house crests. Everyone loves Tyrion. You've got, you could do a dragon egg, especially with glitter or with some kind of um, metallic sheen or... They yep. could literally just do a series of Game of Thrones pens. Yeah. You mean like how the polygon pen should have looked? <laughs> Is that for that instead? Shut uh -huh. up. 
<laughs> I do have to say the whole disruptor beam Star Trek pin kind of helped save my packs in a roundabout way. Really? How? Well, because kind of the running joke around me is that I go through 362 days, 362 and a quarter days of utter torment every year for three days of bliss being packs. And so, you know, Disruptor Beam on Friday, I got there, got in, went to March Light, got all my pins that I needed, went down to Expo Hall. We were like one of the last groups in. First thing we did was we went over to Disruptor Beam because I knew that pin was going to be hot. I wanted to get some so that I could train them for some other pins I wanted. We finally figured out where you were supposed to stand in line because, once again, they had a bad booth set up. We got pulled out to take the picture. Kids wanted to do it. I'm like, fine. By the time we were done with the picture, the line was just, they had two separate lines going. It was confused. It was muddled. I couldn't get back into where we were. We just got frustrated, just decided to walk away from it. I was in a pissy mood. We went over to Nintendo to try to get in their booth. It was swamped. The one thing I wanted to play, the line was capped. By this point, we had wasted like half an hour on the floor. We'd done nothing. My son really wanted to go to a Pokemon panel that was at 11 that my wife was planning on taking him to. I was in a really foul mood. I wasn't planning on going to the panel anyway. So they left to get in line. I just kind of wandered around. And it kind of hit me while I was wandering that, you know, like, I'm in a really bad mood on what it's supposed to be one of my three days of happiness. Like, yeah. why am I getting this pissed off at a pin for a property I don't even like that, you know, I'm going to get it, it'll go in one of my frames, and I'll never really look at it again when I could be enjoying myself. So from that point on, I you know, kind of slapped the shit out of myself, and I decided I'm really only going to focus on getting the pins I like, and I'm going to have fun. Damn, you had a moment of clarity. Yeah. I did, and it You're really... You're not the only I'm, one. I mean... Yeah, I know uh, Kumadin said he went through something like that as well. Yeah. Although, luckily, I had mine hit at, like, 10.45 on Friday and not, <laughs> not on Saturday. Yeah, he had his <laughs> on, on Saturday Sunday. night, yeah. <laughs> well, I, th I think it, ha it, it I don't, the, the more the packs is and the more pins and stuff, it's going to happen to people. Like, eventually, you're going to be sitting there and either, like, anxiously, an anxiously trying to get a pin or stressing out about, like, getting a pin the next day. And it's just going to hit you and be like, well, I mean, just just do whatever makes you happy, really. Over yeah. my dead body. Yeah. <laughs> I kill everyone for the pins. No. <laughs> well, I really think, because I stressed out last year trying to get them all, and half of them I don't care about. I think I had a bunch better packs this year because of that. Yeah. And Cumidans. I was just going to say, luckily I had that revelation the first time they released third party pins. I think it was the Behemoth. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm out. <laughs> I'm casual now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Cumanin's thing was pretty good because I don't think he—I don't think he's saying that like he's gonna be like super casual about it, but it's more just about like don't stress yourself over it because at the end of the day, it's not like a life or death situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. can't let it ruin your packs if you miss out on one pin. Like, yeah. you go have fun. Like, if it's ruining your time, yeah. do something else. Like, you can't let it ruin you. So. 
Yeah, I mean, as, as it was, the, the problems you had on the Friday morning were a combination of they were unprepared for how many people they were going to have go to their booth, particularly first thing Friday morning because everyone was terrified that they would run out of these because they're Star Trek pins. Right. Well, which they ran out at like, what? Well, no, they didn't run something. out. They had yeah, allocated downstairs. 500 well, yeah, they... Friday, 500 Saturday, and then 200 for Sunday. They hit those 500 by like 11 o'clock on yeah. the Friday. And I think already. 2 p.m. Saturday because they actually had a longer demo at that point. They you know, had everything working and wanted to give people the full experience as it was. The, um, the network connectivity that they had sucked early Friday. So yeah. some of the demo stations simply didn't work. They were in the middle of trying to transfer the, st the game throne stations over to combat that, and that probably took down the um, the network as well. The last one we've got is Prima. That's Cherry, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. that's my favorite one of the show. Yeah, it was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the game was pretty good, and uh, again, booth staff were pretty friendly. The and it was only ten bucks for the pin. Yeah. Yes. I honestly think it's the nicest looking pin from the whole show. I don't know if I I'd go that far because I, I do have other favorites, but it's yeah. cool. It's pretty cool. Good. I wish they gave me more incentive to play their game though. I just kind of went and bought it and left. Uh, well, the game was pretty cool. I just that was just because I was in a you know in a bind and time wise or whatever. Yeah. Uh, early morning queues for the limited and. Then, by consequence, almost the East set. How many people this time queued up all three days early? Nope. I did Friday, and I was done. Yeah. Well, after Friday, there was no reason to because they sold out at, one, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon every day. Yeah, that was unexpected. Yeah, yeah it was. I mean, on Friday, Brian announced on Twitter at, like, 12.30, oh, we're sold out. Like, we just sold out. And that was super surprising, you know, given the other PAXs, but... I don't know if it I was... think there was less panic about it this time, and I also think that the, sh the shield was last you know year was just way more desired. You know what I think it might be? The sh a, what you said, the shield, and also because everybody wanted to get down to Blizzard or Twitch, so they yeah. kind of bypassed the merge first. Yeah. Or they did and it last year it was split back. between the two merch booths too. That too, there was more upstairs than there was uh, previous years. Well, they had the same amount on both floors but they just had it differently right. well it was what was it 600 on one floor or 500 on one floor compared to 300 and 300 uh well it was by day so it was like 250 at each booth on friday and then 250 each booth on saturday and then 100 at each booth on sunday right. is what it was so i mean whatever shield was the shields are the best and there were less of them so i mean they obviously sold a quicker so yeah i mean the East set, I did see a lot of people um, trading with that one, uh, particularly people who wanted the Kemper. Um, the Polygon itself, I, again, I only queued up and got two, so we were covered. Yeah. Um, but I don't know particularly if there were many people grabbing loads of them as there were before. I don't think, I don't think so. there was. Yeah, I don't think there was. No, there's not as much of a trade for them anymore because everybody kind of gets them somehow. 
so there's really no point in buying a ton so of you them. You can buy two, and you can go each day, and then you, if you have friends that come and buy them. So um, people manage yeah. them, so I'm yeah. sure. I just don't think there's a much point of like buying like ten. Oh, oh I yeah. Think, <laughs> I don't think anybody, like, you know, because between the pin pals and everything, it's harder to, like, trade them away, essentially, is my point. So, I don't know. And then boss pins, Gabby and Taiki. Um, Those were cool. Yes. Those were cool. I managed to get Gabby pretty early because Mike was actually at the booth Friday. Yeah, I caught him there, too. I didn't see him. They're not my favorite-looking boss pins, but they're really nice-looking. I don't know. I think the the detail, particularly um, the highlights in Gabby's hair. Yeah. For some I reason, I really like them. Looks like um, a serial killer. <laughs> That's probably not far off. Just something about her face, and she's just like so menacing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Moo obviously wasn't there to see them, but they were sent in the mail, so. The reaction on Twitter was as expected. Fantastic. The fact that Moo's going to be at Prime in Bandland, even better. What does she do besides... I don't really know anything about her, but what does she do besides the um, these pins, obviously? Like, what is, what's her thing? Um, well, pronoun game, it's they, them, there. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know, so... And... Mostly, it's... If you follow the Twitter, Aquabats, Steven Universe, Penny Arcade, uh, that largely covers 90% of it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Following Moo is not for the faint of heart because they have 150,000 tweets. Wow. Yeah. Because of the way that they tweet, it's like a scattergun shot of maybe 30 or 40 in quick succession. So, yeah. But I love it. Yeah, I, I'd follow Moo all the time because the artwork, particularly um, stuff on Tumblr, is fantastic. And finally, uh, aside from Merch 3, who now looks like the, uh, more like the hat that they sell. Yeah, it's My a wife bought that hat. It is awesome. Yes. I actually forgot to pack mine because I'm an idiot. But, um, yeah. It's going to become my new ringtone, just you saying I'm an idiot. Granted. <laughs> um, yeah, this one looks great. A little less goofy than 2, um, but still more cartoonish than 1. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be plenty yeah. in circulation again. Oh, yeah. And then we've got Katie's staff set, who are all awesome. Yes. Yep. Uh, Dave was saying that his looks half-stoned, which is not entirely inaccurate. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. They're... I will say, it seemed like some of the staffers kind of forgot that this was East's first crack at their second series. Yes. They either didn't have it on them, or like what I I ran into at the staff training event was one of them wouldn't just trade for it. He made you play his stupid game to get the thing, which really left a bad taste in my mouth with the whole thing. 
Yeah. Then having to have two sets is... And it's a lot to carry around. Um, I know that Jamie's enforcer assistant in particular had to have the wheelie bag just so he had everything she needed, um, including pins. For those who are you know, trying to carry around all that lot, taking the second set was probably not as much as a priority as the third one. Yeah, um, Unfortunate that it was an issue, but not a huge one. I'm just thankful I have to collect staff pins. And I'll say, uh, Jeff took my abuse about his Seattle pin really well, I must say. Yeah. I gave him a hug when I saw him on Thursday night. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for those who didn't see, my entire family, kids, wife, and all, were wearing our Patriots championship shirts for the staff trading event. Yeah. <laughs> and he actually was a good sport. You know, he yeah, took the teasing, he, he fired a few shots back, and then we both ganged up on Brian because for some reason he cheers for the Lions. Yeah, that's Not that anyone really cheers yeah. for the Lions, per se. <laughs> they more deal with the fact that they're a fan of them. Hey, it's not like they're having no 16 season anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I again, I was on the PAX plane uh, direct from Seattle to San Antonio, so... I saw Jeff on the plane, and he, he said he had plenty of time to recover between then and East. Oh, you mean Boston? Uh, yeah. From Seattle to Boston, yeah. I was like, wait, you went back in time? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> too many packs too close together. It, oh, it's affected my brain. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're transcendental airlines. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he was... Um, he said he'd had enough time to come to terms with it, and he was looking forward to next season. Good. Yeah, I mean, I was flat out expecting him to punch me in the face when he saw him, <laughs> so that was a nice surprise. No, he wouldn't do that. Although I am pissed that I missed out on the special shirt that they had. The polygon shirt? No, they had a... Um, their football play shirt. It's like X's and O's. Oh, the fantasy oh. football shirt? They did That's a special the... printing of it for East. That... They did a special printing of it for East that was in the Patriots colors. Oh, what? That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, when one of the guys, I don't remember who it was, heard me teasing Jeff about the Patriots. It's like, oh, did you see the shirt? And he showed it to me. But by the time I got over there on Sunday, they had sold out of them. Oh, wow, that's pretty uh -huh. cool. Yeah. That sucks, actually. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, me either. I guess it was kind of like a little secret ha-ha thing that they did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I knew I'd been sure before. I didn't know they did something special there. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but I've got to say, again, this was a three-day packs rather than a four with a lot of pins in it, and I was still done pretty much by uh, midday Saturday. So I don't think it was as bad as uh, everyone was expecting. Hopefully Prime doesn't have much more than this on the release sheet. Otherwise, uh, there might be issues, but yeah. Well, I'd expect at least the amount that they had last year, which was more than they had this at this East. So. Yeah. But over four days makes it more manageable. That's true. 
as long as they don't run out. <laughs> yeah, and really between between Eastern Prime, we've now got this huge gap where there's not a whole lot going on. Yeah, well, last year from East to Prime, well, the only set that came out, well, besides Killer Instinct, was the uh, the sketch set, I think. Yeah, from so yeah, San Diego. And they're not going to San Diego this year. So Five uh, months in drought. Yeah. Well, Hopefully they have something planned. Well, they talked about um, Thornwatch Kickstarter, so it's possible we're going to see a ki- another Kickstarter with pins attached. So yeah, yeah, brace your wallets for uh, that. We wouldn't get them till probably next year, though, I would assume. Yeah, we wouldn't get the actual pins, but we're going to spend the see money. See what they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I'm going to spend a hell of a lot on it because... Thornwatch is fantastic. Because you'll spend a hell of a lot on anything they put out. Yes. And they know this. That's fine. I'm okay with it. I just hope it's not some stupid expensive. No. Pedro's already lining up for Pax Mars. Yes. <laughs> but the other one that was um, spoken about at East is a Killer Instinct Season 2 pin. Pin or pin set? Pin, uh, well, now. this is what we don't know. Oh, good luck to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the... The idea that they're going to have um, a Season 2 pin edition is pretty much shot because Season 2's been started for a while. But it looks as though they want to have some kind of tie-in with it again. I don't know whether it's going to be another challenge to earn it in-game, or just some kind of, hey, here's a thing, you can buy it, in the vein of Naughty Dog. But it's something to keep an eye out for, so keep checking Iron Galaxy, Microsoft, because we, we've we actually spoken in the segment about the the problem of communication of this kind of thing from Microsoft. We don't know where we're going to see it announced. I'm hoping that they'll let Penny Arcade talk about it. Because then we'll see it on the PA site and everything's fine. Otherwise, we might have to um, trawl between Killer Instinct, Iron Galaxy, Microsoft. Mike Rebels. Yes. Amazon. Poke him. Poke the bear. Oh. Personally, I don't mind having a bit of a gap without pins, because if nothing else, it gives me a chance to replenish my bank account. <laughs> yes. So that was PAX East, an event that can truly never be topped until next year's East, at least. Uh, before we go, a few quick announcements. Big congratulations to a couple members of our community, as RentFN recently had his first child, and our own Pedro Asani recently got married. Congrats to both, and good luck in the future, guys. You're gonna need it. Our next episode, episode 13, will be all about what to do during the upcoming pin winter, the dead season when not much seems to go on. If you have any suggestions, please send them to us via the forums or via email, Twitter, whatever. Also, one last announcement. I am planning on running another episode of The Pinquisition soon, and I will of course need three victims to play along with me. 
If you're interested, please contact me by the forums and let me know. We'll be recording it via Skype. Till next time, I am Pure Evil, saying, may the forest be with us, everyone. All editing this episode done by AFK. Please donate to his GoFundMe so that he can get a new car at GoFundMe.com slash Wheels for Ant. Wheels for A-N-T. All music provided by Ninja Nun. For more music, please check out NinjaNunMusic.com. Penny Pals Podcast is an unofficial podcast and is no way affiliated or endorsed by Penny Arcade Corporation. So, the people at Undead Labs, in addition to running an awesome booth and making some great games, have donated some pins to us. We're running two competitions, one this month and one next month, and you can win a full set of their pins which have been released so far. So that's one state of decay skull, and both the Emberjaw and Nemini from Moonrise. All you have to do is send me, Pedro Sarni, a message on the Penny Arcade forum with the answer to the following question. What is the nature Solari you can choose at the start of the Moonrise demo? Easy enough, right? Send me your answers and I'll pick a random winner on the next podcast. 